0: I thought I'd start out today with um, a joke, since you need to laugh. It's been a while since some of you have laughed. Now, the problem with giving a joke is there's really nobody in this room besides some of my staff, and they're all sleeping. I can't even see them. But um, I thought we'd just start off with a joke and uh, see, see if this will make you happy today. You know, scientists have proven that women who, who are um, gaining weight actually live longer than the men that mention it. (laughs) That is good. You you got it, man, right off the bat. You got that. (laughs) That's awesome. Now, that's funny. I don't care who you are. That is absolutely, that is absolutely funny. I'm excited about what I'm going to share today. I believe I'm going to give some spiritual perspective about what... um, about what we as a family can be doing in such a time, a season, like this. You know, there are some things in life that you can anticipate. Uh, I mean, if you're driving 40 miles over the speed limit, uh, and you see red lights behind you, (laughs) you don't have to guess what's getting ready to happen. You can anticipate that ticket coming, can't you? You know, you can look at your wife after she gets ready for dinner and look at her and say, baby, are you wearing that tonight? You can pretty much anticipate what is getting ready to come your way. Uh, No, I'm just putting it on for practice. Let me go back in and put on the real real outfit. You know, you can anticipate what's going to happen if you don't turn in the term paper or if you don't show up. For work, and you're supposed to, you can anticipate those things. But you know, those are, there are some things in life that no matter what you do, you'll never be able to anticipate them. You'll never see them coming. Things that'll leave you in shock, leave you in disbelief, leave you in dismay. Things that'll leave you thinking, I never saw that coming. Now, here's one thing that I have learned throughout the years of my own life, though I'm still a very young man. It's this right here, and I want to use this as a a thought, a platform for where we're going today. I want you to hear it in all your homes, and thank you. I want you to hear it in all your homes today. There is a life you plan, and then there is a life that happens. And the life that happens is full of things you did not plan. Did, did you hear that? I, I want to say that again. So, so if there's noise in your home or the kids are yelling and screaming or the dog is barking, I, I want to make sure you get this principle here. There is the life you plan, and then there is the life that happens. And the life that happens is full of things that you did not plan. Who am I talking to today? Has anything happened? Hello, 2020. Has anything happened in your life that you did not plan for? So here's my question for you today. Do you know what is happening to those things that are happening to you? You know, I'm talking about the disappointments. I'm talking about the circumstances. I'm talking about those unexpected misfortunes in your life. The difficulty, the failure, the pain, the, the injustice, uh, that betrayal. Has anybody been betrayed this year? Yeah, that unexpected news that you had, the doctor's report, that, that negative or bad report from somebody. My objective today, celebration, I'm asking you to lean in on this because here's what I want to I do for us today. I want to help us. I want to I help you to know what is happening to those things that that you didn't even plan for this year. Because the Bible can help us. In fact, the Bible is our help. And I love what Paul says here in Romans. He says in Romans 8, 28, here's our help today. It's probably the most popular verse in all of the Bible. We all know it, but I wanna make sure you really know it. And we know that all things work together for good, to those. Notice it's not everybody. To those who love God, and notice to those. So it's not everybody. To those who are called according to His purpose. I know you got this memorized, and I know you've got it quoted, but do you really understand it? Don't miss. For God's people, this is an amazing, an amazing promise God is saying, I can take everything that the world throws at you. I can take everything that hell throws at you and make it work out for your good. What's happening to the things that are happening to you? According to God's Word is He can take them. The disappointment, the frustration, the circumstance. He can take that and make it work out for your good. You're good. Now, this verse, though, is not for those who just quote it. This verse is not for everybody, according to the Bible here. It's only for those, hear me today, for those who love God. I'm asking you a question today. Does your love for God still burn today in 2020? With everything that hell has thrown at you, do you still love God like you've always loved God? Do you still love God? Even though you're not gathering on a Sunday morning with other people, is your love still burning for God? Because this promise works for those who who love God, but not only that, who are living for the purposes of God. Are you using what God's given you? Are you living for God's purposes? Are you living for your life? Are you living for your purpose? Are you living for your dream? You know what's interesting to me? Celebration. What's interesting to me is, according to the Bible, a sign of the end times in Matthew 24, and you can find this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, a sign of the end times is the lack of these two things among God's people. Could it be that the enemy is behind the scenes trying to make sure that God's people's love is growing cold? Could it be that the enemy is behind the scenes really working to make sure you don't use your gifts and your callings for the things of God, that you get distracted doing your own thing? But the promise of God today, listen, the promise for all that stuff that's happening in your life is that if you'll love God, with all of your heart, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll have a hot, fiery, passionate love for God, and if you will live according to the purpose or live for the purposes of God, then God will take all that stuff in your life, and He will make it work out for your good. What's your problem? We don't have a problem if God is taking all this craziness, and at the end of the day, regardless what the enemy throws at us, it's all going to be good. You know, we see this this biblical truth in action in an Old Testament story, and I want to read this story in Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to use our remaining time to focus on this story to show you just exactly how this truth and this principle works. In Genesis 37, verse 2, it says, This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wife, Bilhah and Zilpha. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. And Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his, old, his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They, they couldn't even say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to the dream, he said. We were out in the field trying tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, So you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. I want to summarize this. story. I'm going to show you this truth in this story. Here is this family that God uses to literally birth the nation of Israel. Jacob had 12 sons, and the Bible says that that Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his other brothers. I I wouldn't recommend that. Um, The Bible goes on to tell us that Jacob even showed favoritism. To Joseph by giving him a, a a special, spectacular, multicolored coat that actually set him apart from all of his other brothers. It really is a picture that every one of you is God's favorite son or daughter. Now, Joseph had been given many dreams by God. They were God dreams, they were a series of dreams concerning his life and these dreams seem to elevate him above all of his family, even to the point that his family, we read it there, was actually going to be bowing down to him. Now, having his father's favor and all these God dreams caused bitterness among his brothers. And this is what you need to understand you being, come on, I'm talking to you today, wherever you're at, you're God's favorite child. I'm here. God, is, God has made something special for you. But here's what you need to understand concerning Bible truth. If you live a greatly blessed life, don't expect everybody around you to be happy with you. Oh, boy, do I know this to be truth. People know how to weep with you when you're weeping. But very few people know how to rejoice with you when you're rejoicing. It's such a truth, isn't it? So one day, the father Jacob sends Joseph to his brothers to check up on his brothers. They're overseeing the family's fortune, and they're tending and caring to the the, the flocks of sheep. And as Joseph is coming, his brothers see him coming from afar. No doubt, it's got to be that spectacular multicolored coat that Joseph is wearing. And so as he's approaching His brothers begin to devise an evil plan. Uh, How many of you know that storms can appear in the blink of an eye? Out of nowhere, you can go from a calm, peaceful environment to a chaotic, turbulent situation in a moment. You know that to be true. It can be one text. Just one phone call, just one conversation, and your life can turn on a dime. And so Joseph walks up to his brothers. He's expecting just to get a report from his brothers on how things are going. But it's at that moment he gets ambushed by his brothers. They tackle him. They throw him down. They literally rip off that coat, that coat of favor upon his life. And as they stand over him. They throw him actually down into a, a, an old dried up well, a pit, and they, they're standing over him and they're arguing about what they should do to him. He's, he's looking up and all he can hear is his brothers arguing, shall we murder him or shall we sell him? And the Bible tells us it's at that time, it just so happened that a group of Midianite slave traders are passing by, and so they pull them in and stop them, and they pull Joseph up out of the pit, and they end up selling him to these slave traders. And now he's a prisoner tied to a camel. He's marching down the, that dirty, dusty road. He's heading towards Egypt, and he's heading there to be sold as a slave on the slave market. Sold by his brothers, can you believe it? I mean, you can expect that from an enemy. But your own brothers, I can just imagine as as Joseph is walking down that road on his way to Egypt to be sold as a slave at a slave market, I can just imagine that he's thinking to himself or perhaps even saying, I never saw that coming. So the Bible goes on and tells us that he's taken to that slave market and he's put on the auction block. And the bidders begin to bid, and, and they're bidding on him like he's some kind of dog, he's some kind of animal. And finally, he is sold to the top bidder, and he's shoved off the, the, the platform there, and he's tied to another cart, and now he's on his way to his master's house, and he goes from favored son now in Jacob's house to a slave in an Egyptian's house. He's only 17 years old. Don't you know as he's wiping the tears off of his cheeks that Joseph, Joseph must have thought to himself or even perhaps even said, wow, I never saw that coming. So the Bible goes on to tell us in this story that Joseph begins to work as a slave in his master's house and because of Joseph's godly character because of Joseph's godly integrity, because of his love for God, hello, and because of his commitment to live for God's purpose, he put everything that he had into it, where he was, so that he could rise to where he knew God wanted him to be. Who does that? It's the person that understands that there is a life that you plan, and then there's a life that happens You see, if you love God and if you live for God's purpose, this is what Joseph knew. knew. God will take all that stuff in your life. He'll take all those things and make them all work out for your good. Celebration. What are you dealing with today? What does God need to work out for your good? You think it's bad? It was really bad with Joseph. Joseph refused to lie down in self-pity. He refused to play the victim card. He refused to hate on the world. Therefore, the Bible says that God was with Joseph, and God began to favor Joseph, and God began to promote Joseph even as a slave. Hear me today. God promoted him, and God promoted him, until he became in charge. He was put in charge of the whole house under the master of the house. Don't, don't, don't miss this. You see, God's favor did not lift off him because he was a slave. You see, God doesn't have to have all the right circumstances in order to bless your life today. The climate doesn't have to be just right for God to do what he wants to do. Come on, he's God in a good place. And he's God in a bad place. He's God in 2020. Just because you don't get what you want doesn't mean that you have to quit and lie down in self-pity, crying foul. Joseph didn't do it in celebration. We refuse to do it. Joseph's owner is a man by the name of Potiphar. What's interesting is that we're not given Potiphar's wife's name, so we're just going to have to give her a name today. We're going to have to call her um, Miss Potty Potiphar. That, that's what we'll call her. You see, Miss Potty Potiphar, she, she, she has no morals. I think some of my staff just woke up in the building. Mrs. Potty Potiphar, she has no morals. In fact, she's got a lust devil in her, and she's got the hots for Joseph. And so she continually tries to entice Joseph to have sex with him, to lie with her. And Joseph tells her, I, I can't do that. That would be wrong for me to do that. I can't do that against my God, and I can't do that against your husband, my master, Potiphar. Really? Really? What, Joseph, what are you, you kidding me? That would be the perfect way to inflict sweet revenge on the very man who bought you like a dog, who bought you like an animal. I'm sure Joseph must have had the voice screaming in his ear, do it, Joseph. This will be the ultimate punch in the face of the one who has enslaved you. Do it, Joseph, so that the next time Potiphar is bossing you around, telling you what you need to do today, and you need to do this, and you need to do that, you can say, go ahead and boss me around, because at night I might sleep in a slave's bed, but during the day, while you're gone, I'm sleeping in your bed with your wife. Do it, Joseph. What a punch. Make them pay. Get revenge. But not Joseph. Not Joseph. No, not Joseph. Being a slave did not diminish Joseph's godly character. Come on, Celebration. Do you still love God even though it's 2020? Do you still have a passion to live for the things and the purposes of God? Or does something rock your world? Come on, we're going to get a reset today. Come on, we're going to get our passion back. We're going to get our love back. We're going to get our purpose back today. Joseph says, I don't want revenge. I'm a man of God. I have godly character. It didn't change his love for God. It didn't didn't stop his commitment to live for the things of God. Why? Because Joseph understood, and I hope you understand today, that there's a life you plan, and then there's a life that happens. But if you'll love God, and if you'll live for the purposes of God, God will take all that stuff that happens and he'll make it work out for your for your good. So one day, Mrs. Potty Potiphar, with her lustful desires, she's, she's, she's waiting for him, and she corners Joseph in her bedroom. And she puts those lustful arms around him, tries to pull him in close, and, and Joseph is trying to get away with all of his might, and he finally breaks her grasp. And he actually pulls out of his coat and runs for his, his life, taking his character with him and leaving his coat with her. Hear me today, sometimes a good run is better than a bad stand. Did you hear that today? Some of you need to start running. You know, the Bible is very clear in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, to run from immoral behavior. The Bible says to flee from sexual sins. What does it mean? Instead of taking a stand and say, well, I can handle this, the Bible says you need to... That's what you need to do. You need to run. You need to flee. That's what the Bible... Some of you need to start running instead of thinking that you can handle it. A, a godly man, a godly woman who love God, who are living according to the purpose of God, you will flee the very temptations of evil. You didn't know I could run so quick, did you? So when Potiphar gets home that evening, Mrs. Potiphar is rejected, and she's angry, and she's waiting. And because of her vindictiveness of being rejected, she tells her husband, she lies to her husband, that Joseph has tried to rape her. And here's his coat to prove it. So Potiphar becomes enraged. He's angry, and he unjustly throws Joseph into prison. So here's Joseph. He goes from the top of running the whole household to the confinements of a prison. It's not getting better for Joseph. It's actually getting worse for Joseph. It starts off with a godly dream. It starts off with a, a, a life that you plan, but now he's living the life that, that happens I could just imagine Joseph must have thought to himself, he must have even said it, I never saw this coming. Come on, how many of you ever, have ever woken up in, in, in this season of life in 2020 with those words on your lips? I never saw this coming. So here is Joseph, he's in prison. Once again, he refuses to quit. He refuses to lie down. He refuses to feel sorry for himself. Hello. He refuses to blame others. He refuses to hate on the world through social media. He's not waiting around to be rescued by somebody. No, 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 not Joseph. He pulls himself together, and you know what he does? He starts all over again. I've come to tell somebody, I can't hear you today, but I can hear you in the Spirit. I've come to tell somebody today, pull yourself together and start all over. Start again. Begin again. Do not sit around in your prison and rot with self-pity. You have more potential and you have too much future in your life to quit. Now, who am I talking to? Come on, you got potential. It's not over until God says it's over. Don't sit down there in your prison and rot away. Once again in the story, as we're summarizing it here, once again because of Joseph's love for God, because of his commitment to live for God's purpose, he didn't set them on the shelf. He's still using his gifts and his callings for God, and he's burning hot for God. The Bible says because of that, the Lord was with him and that God favored him. It was only a matter of time. You read it in Genesis there that Joseph is promoted and he's promoted and he's promoted until he's in charge of the whole prison. Are you kidding me? He's in prison, but he's running to prison. Why? because he understood the principle. There's a life you plan, and then there's a life that happens. But if you'll burn for God and use your gifts for God, then you'll be promoted, and you'll end up rising to the top wherever and regardless what you're going through. Now, years go by, and eventually Joseph meets two prisoners from the house of Pharaoh. Stay with me. We're almost done. We're going to land this plane. He ends up meeting two guys from from the house of Pharaoh. They're actually prisoners that Pharaoh has thrown into the prison, and they both had dreams, and they they didn't understand their dreams. But they hear that Joseph can interpret dreams, and so they end up going to Joseph, and Joseph interprets their dreams. And then Joseph looks at them and tells them, Listen, when you get out of here, don't forget about me. When, when, when you're reinstated to the palace, don't forget about me. And so here is Joseph. He's helping them with their dreams and he's asking them, hey, I'm just asking you, don't forget about me. Here, here's, here's, a, here's a great point. Sometimes you have to help other people with their dreams in order to give life to your dreams. D- did you hear that? Come on, who are you helping today? That's what Joseph is doing. He's helping somebody else with their dreams in order to give life to his dreams. And he looks at those guys and he says, please don't forget about me. But the truth of the matter is they get out of prison and they, uh, they forget about Joseph. Um, the reality is, isn't that, isn't that the reality? That some people you help will forget about you. If you you haven't learned that lesson by now, you need to understand that's exactly what happens. You can can pour yourself into other people, and yet they'll walk away and forget about you. What's the answer to all of that? That, that, that feeling of betrayal? Quit looking at people that you have helped, expecting them to help you back. Put your reliance on God. And just help people because that's who you are, understanding that payday does not come from people, but payday comes from your your God. So they forget about Joseph, and two more years go by, and Pharaoh the leader, the king of Egypt, has a dream. He calls his staff together to see if they can help him with his dream, and none of his staff can interpret it. But then there was one guy there that remembered Joseph in prison. He tells Pharaoh that he knows a guy that can interpret this dream. So so they go and they they get Pharaoh, they get Joseph out of prison. I got to stop there because I hear God saying something. You, You might be in prison right now. And somebody that you don't even know today is speaking your name somewhere or it's getting ready to change your life forever. While you're in your situation, while you're in your circumstance, God could be having somebody speak your name to somebody else that can be instrumental in changing your direction. It happened to Joseph I remember this guy in prison. He interpreted my dream. I know he can interpret your dream. And so here is is Joseph. He's in the bowels of a prison, and in a quick moment, he's being ushered before the king. In one breath, Joseph's name is called, and he's shuffling his way to the palace. Joseph stands before Pharaoh, and Joseph correctly interprets his dream. And the Egyptian leader, Pharaoh himself, takes the advice of the Hebrew slave, realizing that that Joseph's advice would save his nation from the most devastating famine that they would ever known. One quick moment, hear me, church. He goes from head of the prison to the prime minister over all of Egypt, second in command only to Pharaoh. Joseph goes from the, su- from the jumpsuit of a prisoner to the robe of a prime minister. He's taken out of that prison and he becomes the governor over all of Egypt. And one afternoon, just one afternoon, really one conversation, he goes from obscurity into notoriety. Last night he was sleeping on the floor of a prison, but tonight he's on a feather bed come on, line with silk sheets. I I bet. I'm kind of thinking that Joseph probably had that thought. He's probably saying these words. I never saw that coming. Because of Joseph's advice, they they built storehouses in the years of plenty to prepare for the the coming famine in the future. And so when the famine came, the whole world got hungry. But in Egypt, the Bible says there was plenty of food because of Joseph. Egypt was the only place in the known world at that time that had any food. And one day in the courtyard as Joseph is walking out, he sees a group of men over there to the side and they come to him and they ask Joseph for food. They're needing food. And those who were there, that group of men that were bowing before Joseph, were none other than Joseph's brothers. Joseph has not seen them for 22 years. Uh, They did not know it was Joseph, but they got down on their knees, bowed their heads, and thus we see the fulfillment of Joseph's dreams. So here is Joseph. He has the power of life and death. I want you to hear it. He has the ability to, 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 to kill them. He has the ability to throw them into slavery. But instead, he shows them mercy. I mean, the last time he's heard them, they're arguing over whether or not we should sell Joseph or we should murder Joseph. But nobody is saying to save Joseph. But now, they're asking Joseph for help. They're asking Joseph for for food. I'm sure Joseph could have said, wow, what a mess you boys have yourself in now, but not Joseph. Why? Because Joseph loved God, and Joseph lived for the purposes of God. Joseph understood that there's a life you plan, and then a life that happens. And if you'll love God, if you'll serve God, use your gifts for God, you're calling for God that God will take all of that and make it work out for your good so he's not looking for revenge he's not looking to get even it's a great point as we're closing today, quit wasting your time trying to get even do you know the ultimate get even is to get over it, to get revenge just means you have to go back and live it all over to live it all over again come on It's time to get over it. Joseph knew God was working on all that for his good. I want to read as we close today Joseph's response to his brothers. He had the power of life and death, but he's showing them mercy. In Genesis 45, 3, notice what it says. He says, I'm Joseph. Here they are bowed before him. And now Joseph is going to talk to them. He says, I'm Joseph, he said to his brothers. But his brothers were speechless. I guess so. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Don't you know? I'm thinking that those brothers must have thought to themselves or perhaps even said, Wow, we never saw this coming. Joseph goes on to say, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive, to preserve many survivors. No, Joseph, your brothers did that. But Joseph knew that if you love God if you burn for God if you give God all that you've got God will get in the middle of the things that happen and turn them for your good he goes on to tell his brothers so it was God who sent me here not you so he's the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh the manager of the entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt can you see it? These brothers deserve judgment, but they're getting mercy. We deserve heartache and pain and misery, but we're getting forgiveness and we're giving we're getting restoration. They had to have thought to themselves, wow, I never saw this coming. And this is the last thing that Joseph tells his brothers in Genesis 50:20, and I close with this verse. You need to hear it today. Joseph says to his brothers, as far as I'm concerned, God turned into good. Hello, somebody. God turned in. That sounds like Romans eight twenty-eight. God turned into good what you meant for evil, for he brought me to this high position I have today so that I could save the lives of many. Joseph is saying, this is what I know. All those things that were happening to me, God used it for my good. Why, Joseph? Because my love never grew cold for my my God. I lived life with godly character. I lived my life with godly integrity. I never sidelined my gifts and my callings and my assignment. I never stopped living for the things of God. Joseph understood that there's a A life you plan, and then there's a life that happens. None of us seen 2020 coming, but I'm here to tell you like I've told you from the beginning, God is right in the middle of this. And if you'll look just a little bit higher above the situations and the circumstance and the disappointments and the frustrations and the losses and the betrayals and the hatred, And you'll see God in the middle of this. I'm here to tell you, it's all going to be okay. God is going to work everything out for your good. What are you going to do right now? I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know this. I'm going to love God. And I'm going to keep living for the purposes of God. I'm going to use my gifts. I'm going to use my calling. I'm going to use my assignment. And I'm going to give God all that I have. And this is what I know, regardless if I'm in the pit, and regardless if I'm in the prison, if I'll keep serving God and living for God, God will promote me and promote me and promote me. And celebration will come out of this thing with families healed and families restored. And our families and kids living and serving God. Great revival in our land. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep loving God. And we're going to keep living for God. And not be distracted by all this stuff that happens in life. Can I pray for you? In your homes, wherever you're at. I'm believing God to give you perspective today. Do you know what is happening to all those things that are happening to you? Well, now you know. Now you know. God works all things for the good of them that love him, who are called by their names. Father, I thank you today. I thank you, God, that there's people on the other side of this camera that are being touched and being ministered to. God, I thank you that the anointing and the power of God is bringing clarity in the midst of confusion. God, I thank you today that there is a a call going out to the people of God to come up out of the confusion, to not lie down and quit and feel sorry for themselves and cry foul. But God, regardless where we find ourselves in today, God, we understand because of this perspective that God, we can love you and live for you and empowers you to get involved in all the stuff of life. God, as we do that today, would you you bring healing to that situation? Would you bring help to that situation? Would you bring deliverance to that situation? Would you bring the answers that the people are needing? God, I pray today that you use this truth in a powerful way to change our perspective, that we don't waste another hour, that we don't waste another moment, that we don't waste 2020, that truly this is a year of greater things, and that you're right in the middle of this moment doing what you can only do. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you receive that today. Hey, right where you're at, I don't know if you're in a car, hospital room, your house, your backyard, would you just kind of change your posture, your position? I'm going to have my son sing something right now. We're going to close this service. I love these moments at the end because sometimes we can rush off and we watch you online you can start clicking off because the service is over. Don't don't do that. Come on, dads and moms. Grab your kids in that living room. Would you do something that you have not maybe been doing and just begin to focus on the things of God and begin to cry out. As we go into this last worship song, would you just turn your eyes to God, make adjustments. Take this word and make adjustments where you need to make them. Maybe, maybe your love's grown cold. Maybe you've got sidelined and you're not really serving God like you need to serve God and living for God and for his purposes like you need to. All we need to do is repent. We just need to change our heart. And we can do that right now. And the moment we do that, hear me, hear me, it puts God right in the middle of our situation. And we know all things work together for the good that love him. who are called according to his purpose. Come on, let's worship right where you're at. Come on, celebration in your homes. Come on, in those cars. Come on, in, the, in that hospital room, in that backyard right now. come on let this word grow go deep on the inside of you make adjustments that you need to make we're going to be okay celebration come on people of God it's all going to be okay we're going to make it we're going to come out on the other side of this and it's going to be better than it's ever been your dreams shall be fulfilled in the name of Jesus thanks for listening if this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to salvationchurch.cc/give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.